Most creatives are great at their craft, but don't know how to grow their business. But here's the truth. When you don't have a plan to grow your business, you stay stuck in survival mode, stuck at the same level, the same income, and you can never break through the ceiling. You also waste time and money on strategies that promise the world, but simply don't work for you. And worst of all, you lose confidence in your ability and start to believe maybe you're not cut out for running a business. If that sounds like you, if you've taken your business to the level that you can get it to and you are stuck and you need a breakthrough to your next level, then I want to invite you to apply to join me in the Next Level Club. We're about to do another kickoff with a new intake of creative service providers and we're looking for a few different types of people to join us. So if you're at 5K a month already, minimum. If you are a creative service provider, so photographer, designer, consultant, copywriter, marketer, whatever that looks like. And if you are really serious about growing your business, about busting through that ceiling, then you should apply to join the club. All you need to do to get started is head to laurahiggins.com forward slash next dash level. You can fill out the application and if it's a good fit, we'll let you know. Alrighty, let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome back to My Business Playbook. My name is Laura Higgins. If we haven't met, Welcome. Uh, I want you to treat this like you're just hanging out in my lounge room. We're having a conversation. We're having a chat. And today's guest is definitely someone who's going to make you feel like that. He is my friend, Jack DeLosa. He's a friend of the show. He's been on our show so many times. Uh, I pretty much just keep inviting him back so that I can just catch up with him because he's a really inspiring human. He has been my coach in the past as well. He's helped me a bunch. Uh, And I know that you know, what he shares every time he comes on our podcast, every time he shares in our community, he just adds a lot of value and he makes running a business feel doable. And he also helps business owners to bridge that gap between the technician space of like, I'm just on the tools, I'm designing the stuff, I'm taking the photos, I'm doing the things to I am now really actually stepping into my role as entrepreneur, as business owner, as leader in the business. So if you are someone who wants to scale your business, if you are someone who really wants to grow and wants to build a business that's bigger than you, but you also don't want to sacrifice your freedom, you don't want to go into that hustle mode and you really don't want your business growth to come at the expense of your relationships and your health, then you are going to love this conversation. Jack is the real deal. He's an entrepreneur, investor, media personality, and founder of The Entourage. He has really learned a thing or two about scaling businesses. He's worked with some of Australia's top entrepreneurs who are doing crazy, crazy stuff and earning crazy money. And so when he talks about this topic, when he talks about elevating your business, he really, really knows his stuff. I also want to let you know, he has just released a new book called Elevate. And if you love what he's teaching today, I want to encourage you to go and buy the book. It's going to help you a bunch. I'm going to pop the link in the show notes. All right, let's dive in to my conversation with my friend, Jack DeLosa. My friend, Jack, I feel like you are 
Maybe one of the most repeated guests I've had on the podcast. I feel like you come on every single season. There's a there's a Jack D episode every time. I'm surprised I keep getting invited back. <laughs> no, I'd be so fun. sick of me if I were you. <laughs> this well, guy again. <laughs> I feel like every time we talk, we're kind of like, what what do we want to talk about today? What what's happening? What what's what are you working on? What's happening with you? It's really just really just an excuse really for us to catch, catch up. up. We often forget to hit record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then sometimes we forget to be politically correct, but it's fine. It's yeah, yeah, all yeah. Good. It's a common faux pas of mine. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to to chat and and to kind of talk about like you've been doing some cool stuff, like. The most notable being you've become a dad. Um, how yes. is dad life? Let's talk about that. Uh, amazing. It's, it's, it's the most profound, brilliant, um, heartfelt, loving adventure that, you know, I, I think we're capable of going on. So uh, it's been awesome. Ariel is now four months. Uh, my partner, Panda, is like the best mum in the world. And... Uh, Ariella and Coda, who's our eight-year-old fur child, who is also adorably cute. I pretty much have a house of very cute girls. <laughs> yes. Coda uh, Coda's looking after Ariella constantly, like follow, like wherever we take her. Coda follows, and you know, if Ariella sort of cries for half a second, and Panda or I don't leap up to get her, Coda will also join in the crying, <laughs> like looking at us, like guys, why are you not addressing this faster? What is wrong with you? I love that. Um, and so, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's, we're, we're completely immersed in the in the love bubble, which is fun. The best, and I've loved kind of seeing. Of course, like I love what you do. I love what your business is about. I love what you're about. But I'm loving seeing you in this season. It's been really, really cool to watch. I'd love to know, like, for you now that you're a dad, what has shifted in the way that you approach your business? Has anything shifted? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and that it, it's it's a fundamental reprioritization of pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that it probably makes you even more outcome orientated when you're in business and thinking commercially, mm-hmm. um, because this is such a large part of you wants to be home and wants to be present and wants to be providing. And, and I mean providing your presence and love and your energy and your conversation and your support to your partner and you know and so if if you're gonna um, engage in anything there, there, there needs to be clear outcomes that that come from it mm-hmm. and so I think you I, I think becoming a parent if if you if you're a capable entrepreneur that's growth minded becoming a parent will make you better because it forces you to get smarter, it forces you to elevate, it forces you to be more efficient, it forces you to reconsider model, it forces you to audit your time um, mm. because you've got this whole other purpose now. And so integrating, you know, business and parenthood, sorry, those four months, that integration piece is, is, is obviously something I'm still working on because I'm four months in, but I feel so much better about it than you know I'm, I'm better at it now than I was even three months ago for example um and so yeah I, I think it can I think it can make you better yeah and I, I feel like there's that element of 
as business owners, constraints are good. We always think we want everything now and we want all the time in the world and we want all the budget in the world. But I find that sometimes our best work is done when we're when we've got limited resource, whether that's time or money or whatever it is, that we get creative and we figure out smarter ways to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, put it this way. So, so I've been in business for uh, about 20 years now. I've been, been investing and advising, coaching other businesses for about 16 years. And, you know, here at The Entourage, we are fortunate enough to see, like, incredible success stories every week if not every day you know people that go from doing a million dollars a year to doing a million dollars a month type thing yeah um or go from 10 grand a month you know in some instances to five or six years later doing a hundred million like you know like substantial success story. we see them consistently uh and hopefully play some part in in helping that entrepreneur and that business to elevate and so we've never had a success story where they went the key to my Growth, the key to going from a million dollars a year to a million dollars a month was I just worked harder. We've <laughs> never had that, right? And part of, part of the reason why is this whole, if I just work harder, if I just work harder, if I just work harder, is the habitual way of operating that kind of counterintuitively keeps a lot of business owners stuck because it keeps them thinking and operating at the same level. And so when you've got those restraints, when you've got those restrictions, it forces you to find smarter ways. And, and, and business, as, as, you, as you're kind of alluding to, is, is a game of going, growing from constraint to constraint to mm. constraint. And how you do that is, is, sure, it's going to require hard work, but, but how you elevate is not through working harder, it's through thinking smarter. And um, whether, it's, whether it's parenting or whether it's just you're feeling burnt out or whether it's COVID or whether it's you know, tough economic conditions or whether it's the advent of, you know, the, the tsunami of AI that is coming, uh, whether it's you, you, fall, you think you're falling out of love with your business, whatever the catalyst, whatever the impetus, the challenge of it causes you to elevate faster because mm. it gives you the, the impetus to do so. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And one question I had for you was like, you know, talking about you've got a new book, Elevate, and it's all about your business framework of how to scale in a really, I feel like it's kind of like how to scale in a sustainable way and how to actually build a yeah. business that runs without you um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I want to kind of unpack with you. This kind of leads into a question I had for you was, you know, we have these goals and these milestones of like, okay, milestone number one, hit six figures. Milestone number two, maybe it's hit seven, then eight, then nine. What have been the key mindset or paradigm shifts that you've had to make at each of those junctures. And I feel like you're in a new season now of being a dad too, where I'm sure it's another shift again. Do you have any like big standout moments where you were like, the way I've been showing up will not serve me in this next level? Uh, all, all the time. I, th- I, th- I think I think my life has been one journey of, of exactly that, which is, you know, if, if you're not thinking often, what got me to where I am is not going to get me to where I want to be, then you're not moving fast enough or you're not aware of the changing surroundings around you. And so all the time, and, and, and business is a really good catalyst for that and also mirror of that on several different levels. And so, you know, zero to 100K 
you're from a commercial perspective, you're, you're really figuring out you're, you're an explorer, right? You're exploring a marketplace. You're exploring mm-hmm. the hearts and minds of your consumer. You're exploring your ability to develop something that speaks to your consumer and addresses that consumer demand. And so, you know, zero to 100K we call seed stage. So seed stage is all about product to market fit and message to market fit. And do we have something that people want and, and are we able to communicate that? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get to six figures and it changes. We've now got something and we've got some customers to get you from six to seven figures in that kind of, you know, we call that startup stage from 100K to a million. It's all about um, maximizing the time you spend on revenue generating activities, on customer acquisition mm. activities. What most business owners do is they start a business and whether it's a tech business or a consulting business or a retail business, the biggest misconception that we see in business because I've got this interesting vantage point, right? You know, having run the entourage since 2010 and MBE group prior to that, you know, we see tens of thousands of businesses a year. And so I've got a really interesting vantage point to see the universal patterns that business owners all around the world demonstrate. And the number one thing is they think that when you go into business, it's about doing the thing. So if I start a bakery, it's about baking. If I start a tech company, it's about coding. If I start a retail, it's about standing in the store. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think it's about doing the thing and and it's not. You need to do the thing initially as we discussed. Seed stage is all about do we have a thing that people want and how do we communicate it. It quickly then becomes how well can you scale it through marketing and sales, customer acquisition and then after seven figures it becomes how well can you operationalize an engine to deliver it on your behalf so it's capable of doing so much more than what you could do by yourself. And so in that six to seven figure range, it's all about um, – delivering as best you can to your existing customers and new customers, but how do you find ways to backfill yourself in product or service development and delivery such that you can spend more time in acquiring new customers mm. in marketing and sales? And so that gets you from six to seven. And then at seven figures, it's you, you, you've now kind of got this foundation, right? And so at seven figures, it's not just marketing and sales and product development or service development and delivery. It's now also operations it's financial management it's recruitment it's people management it's people leadership and you know when you get to seven or eight figures complexity is now growing there's more money coming in there's more money going out the team is larger and so you now need to go from you know seed stage was all about your impetus how much you could do on a daily basis whereas when you get to seven and in particular eight figures it's less about how much you can do in a day and more about how good are you at enabling other people to do their life's best work while they're inside of your business and so that's completely different to what drove your success when you were going from zero (laughs) to six figures it's almost the complete opposite yeah you know and so the the number one glass ceiling that we see keeps business owners trapped is uh, the business has outgrown how they are currently operating, right? The business has gone to 400 grand, but they're still managing it the same way they were when they're doing 40 grand. Or the business has gone to 4 million, they're still managing it the same way they were when they were doing 400 grand. Or the business has gone to 40 million, they're still managing it the same way they were, they were doing when, when it was doing 4 million. And so... The number one glass ceiling is that the, the, the business has outgrown the management and the leadership style and the, 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 the uh, level of thinking and operating of the founder. And so, yeah. like, I mean, life is a game of leveling up to the next level, but business will magnify and amplify that. And when you're not leveling up, the engine, team, customers, 
any investors you might have will let you know about it quickly and directly, right? Yeah. Which which in the beginning kind of perturbs you a little bit because it's like, oh shit, man, I'm getting a lot of feedback. Maybe this game isn't for me. It's like, no, 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 no. That's that's just that's just growth. That's that's just the game of business. Business is the number one personal development program in the world. It's just that it comes with a remuneration plan attached to it. And so it's a game of level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. The inverse can also happen from a personal perspective in that often your business can grow so much and, your, and, and, and the way the world sees you changes significantly, yet your self-identity hasn't kept up. Mm. And so, you know, when, when you do, you know, even growing to say seven, seven, seven figures, people may start to, to view you differently and your team may start to seek answers from you that you that you don't yet have and the world kind of is now putting you on a bit of a pedestal but you still see yourself as this kid from Newcastle right <laughs> and so so often now yeah right so often now we, we need to consciously recultivate our own self-identity to catch up with the business and the way others see us. And there's often a lag period between that catching up. Oh, my gosh. That is such a – I totally relate to that because we are (laughs) – Jack, I feel like you're talking to me like like 100%. We are like in this period of so much growth and we are close to hitting seven figures, which is so exciting. And like when I started my business, I did not think that that's where I would be. But it's – it's been this funny thing of realizing the biggest barrier, like the thing that's going to help me to grow is me, but the biggest barrier to helping me grow is also me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, well put. Very it sucks. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, the best. And when I see, I see it with my clients sometimes where they're like wanting things to be fixed, wanting things to have this this really like steady foundation because they're almost still treating their business like an employee where it's like, I get Mm. my paycheck. I do my out. I do nine to five. I do this. I get this. And they, they have this employee mindset where they actually need to have an employer mindset and a boss mindset, but it's the, they're still, like you were saying that seed stage of like being on the tools, being the technician, Mm. they're kind of a glorified freelancer but with way more stress. <laughs> so they're kind of like, <laughs> what am I doing? So I think that idea of, it's almost like giving people a disclaimer before they start a business that is like, what you're actually good at and your craft, you're probably going to spend about 20% of your time doing that. The rest of your time mm. is going to be spent like initially doing all the other things. And I think it's that, it's almost like running a business has false advertising and it's like, there's false claims <laughs> well about put. what it actually is. <laughs> well put. So well put. Yeah. And you never get to a point where you feel like you've arrived. Like even – like I know a lot of people that have sold businesses for $400 million, $600 million. Um, you know, another friend just sold a third of his business for $200 million. And so – um, 
Here's the thing as, as, as business owners. What, what makes you a business owner is your passion, your ambition, and, and, and your ability to envisage things that do not exist. And that, that fuels your growth. It fuels the growth of the business. However, there's another side to that, which is the shadow side that you're kind of speaking to right now, which is this fantasy that when I get there, Everything will be easy. I will feel fully held. I'll be able to whack it on cruise control and live this ideal life happily ever after. And and you may be able to do that in some seasons of life and business. You know, you, you, the business reaches a certain level. You're like, okay, I'm happy to plateau it from here. You know, that that may work for a period of time. COVID comes along, it's going to interrupt that. Mm. recession comes along it's going to interrupt that ai comes along it's going to interrupt that but you may be able to do it for certain windows at certain periods of time if you choose to but if you're if you're a growth orientated entrepreneur you really need to become fully accepting and i don't mean partly accepting i don't mean begrudgingly accepting i mean fully deep within your fucking soul completely accepting of the fact that you will always feel inadequate relative to the challenge that you're coming up against you will Mm. always feel an element of discomfort why because we're living outside of our comfort zone and so by definition when you're outside your comfort zone you're feeling uncomfortable and so it's a game of how do i become comfortable living in a way where most other people would feel uncomfortable where a lot of time i'm going to feel uncomfortable and be okay with that the false advertising that you speak to is a real fucking thing. You know, mm. the friend of mine that sold his business for $400 million, Toby Pierce, you know, built um, Sweat, which was the number one fitness app in the world, uh, and sold it, you know, with his with his then partner. Um, and they, they, did, they, they did incredibly well. Toby's, Toby's number one rule he suggests for every business owner is don't read headlines. Yeah. Because, because you, you read these headlines and that, and it, and it presents this, like, business headlines about other businesses or other entrepreneurs, and they did this, and they, it, it, it gives you the false impression, right? Um, mm. it, 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 it doesn't contain what they struggled up against. It doesn't contain what they're currently struggling up against. Even if and when you sell your company for $100 million, you will, you'll be really, really happy for about 30 days, and then you'll go, oh, fuck, that part of me that it continues to envisage the things that don't yet exist and wants to expand and wants to elevate and wants to is back again and fuck yeah. I just made a hundred million dollars and that didn't solve the problem um, oh. better get back to work you know and so <laughs> the um, it's a bit like what we're talking about before we hit record before when you asked me about parenting and I said you know parenting and running a business and trying to go to the gym and eat well and have a bit of a life around that and foster this amazing, beautiful relationship with my partner. And, and what, I, what, I, what I said to Laura before we hit record was uh, it, it, she said, oh, how do you do it well? And I said, you don't. It's just <laughs> you, you, you accept that you're going to fail at everything for a period of time and your job is to fail as least badly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so maybe that applies to business and fucking life in general as well. <laughs> I, totally. So no, I love this. I love this. And I feel like that's so, it's actually so refreshing, Jack, because I get, I, and I, a lot of my clients 
being creative types, and I think maybe this is just a business thing or a human thing, they'll be like, oh, you know, struggling with imposter syndrome and feeling like I want to do all this stuff, but like, I'm not good enough. I'm not there yet. And my big thing is, well, of course, you're not a pro at that. You've never done it before. (laughs) Like Mm, if I, mm, mm. if I try to do a pull up, I'm not going to, I'm going to look like a flailing just body, (laughs) just, just attached to a pole. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a pro at that. That doesn't make me an imposter. You'd never go to the gym and be like, I'm an imposter being here. You'd just be like, I'm a beginner. It's like, Yes. Totally different. Yes. Man, that 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 speaks to something that's so fundamental that gets in people's way of their own fulfillment, their own growth, their own joy, their own expression is we live in a culture these days because we, you know you look at the internet, you look at social media, and you look at the headlines, and, and we start to think that anyone can do anything in five minutes without any mm-hmm. effort. It's like you're seeing the highlight reel, you're seeing the end outcome. We're not seeing the the struggle and the work and the discomfort and the years, sometimes often decades of like sheer resilience that somebody had to go through in order to get to where they are. And mm-hmm. so we, we live in a culture where people think, I, I'm, I'm going to go and do this thing, whether it's a pull-up, whether it's becoming a parent, whether it's building a successful business, whether it's learning to play the violin. And, I, and you know, I just watched someone on social media play the violin beautifully and, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I want to be there in a month. It's like, dude, they've been playing the violin for 60 years for yeah. eight hours a day, you know. And so there's a gap. There's a gap between where we are and where we want to be. And between that gap is really intelligent thinking, lots of learning, lots of really good work, lots of failure, lots of missteps, lots of mm. uncomfortability, lots of resilience, lots of sleepless nights. That's the game. The, the process is the game. Mm. Um, but we just culturally there's this pervasive fantasy and myth that you 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 can and should be great at anything you choose which i think is true but the fallacy comes in you should be able to do all that immediately because you decided <laughs> so as like nah so yeah. that's that's not how that works yeah and i think i i'm super fascinated with how ai is going to play into this too because it's going to mean that we can no longer be mediocre. Like we have to become <laughs> better at what we do. We have to do better work. And I think where a lot of people will fall behind is like on one hand, wanting that instant, I want to be amazing at it instantly. They'll they'll hang around in that imposter syndrome. Oh, if I tried it and I wasn't amazing at it, therefore... I suck and I'm never going to do it again or being in the place of like not actually adapting and not actually going, well, how can I become great faster and should I be using AI to fast track this as well? So it's like this, this balance of this, we want the immediate gratification and AI can give us that, but there's also this thing Mm. of, I don't know, I don't know how to use it. What if I get it wrong? What if I try it and I fail? And so it's like this big, I don't know. It's a, it's just like overwhelming. It it, it is com- completely overwhelming, and I, I think 
you know, that gap we spoke about between where you are and where you want to be, mm. it can either, either serve to deter you. It's like, ah, oh, man, you know, developing that skill is so far away. Or it can serve to fuel you which is between now and where I want to be in regards to this particular endeavor and in regards to this particular skill is 20 hours, 100 hours, 1,000 hours, depending on, you know, the size yeah. of the, the, the mountain you're climbing. Um, and so it's about letting that gap be your fuel and yeah. being okay to suck at something for long enough to get good at it. When, yeah. when, when, when we, we live in a culture where everyone wants to be great at everything immediately so I can put it on Instagram mm. uh, and if I'm not great at something and I can't put it on Instagram, it's not giving me that instant gratification, therefore I discard it. That's the fastest path to a life unfulfilled and that's the fastest path to mediocrity because um, you'll, you'll never stay with something long enough to become truly great at it. The other, the other consideration there and, and slightly separate to that with AI is one's level of expertise is still going to be the underpinning as to how well AI can supercharge them, right? Give me chat GPT-4, I'll be able to produce a lot more from a commercial perspective than someone that's starting out day one because yeah. I, I, I know the strategies, I know the tactics, I know the questions, I know how to differentiate between quality output poor output, an absolute world-class output. And so experience and expertise still plays a part. AI will be a, a bit of a co-pilot and, and like a supercharger, if you like, in terms of um, like a second skill that you're able to overlay your expertise. And so we need to be good at both. We need to be good at whatever you're trying to get good at mm. and you need to get good at AI. And if you can combine those two things, then that's that's the rocket fuel. Oh, that is amazing. So, so helpful. And I, I, I'm conscious of your time, so I, I, I want to ask you a million questions, but I, I kind of want to wrap up with a couple <laughs> of questions. Um, when you think about the state of running a business in 2023 leading into 2024, what do you think is going to give people or be the biggest driver of success for small business owners particularly? What do you think is going to be the – if there's one or two things that we should be focusing on, what what would that be? I think I think it's really um, I'd say probably two things. The first is adaption, and and that that word's been thrown around for years, if not decades. It's never been a word that I've used because it sounds a bit keynote speaker at a conferency. Yeah, but. But like right now, and particularly over the last three years, like those that get ahead of it, think on their feet, aren't married to the way things used to be, are happy with a little bit of destruction in order to create the new, they're people that are going to flourish this year and beyond. Mm. Um, the second thing I would say is, and, and it's kind of interconnected with that as well, which is business is simply a game of growing from constraint to constraint to constraint and so the first thing that we do with our members is we identify what are the core constraints currently constraining the growth of this business and then we go about unlocking one or two of them every 90 days and so there's two skills there the first skill is the ability to diagnose accurately the constraint to diagnose accurately the problem and the second is to form a hypothesis 
as accurately as possible as to the moves one would undertake, given all of the resource constraints that exist in small business, the moves one would take in order to unlock that constraint. And then yeah. you get to the next constraint, it's about doing that again. And so you, and that, and that flies in the face of how a lot of business owners tend to operate, which is we tend to operate habitually. We, you know, what I was doing worked four years ago. <laughs> I, I, I'd love it if we could just go back to that. And it's like, yeah, man, we all would. Um, and, and, and we're not going to go back to how it was four years ago. And so rather than operating habitually, rather than kind of putting your head down, run faster, run faster, make it work, make it work, like pause, look up, look at your business objectively, identify as accurately as you possibly can. This is where coaches and mentors can be incredibly helpful. As mm. accurately as you can, what is currently constraining the growth? And there might be six constraints. Okay, what are the top one or two we want to start with this quarter? And then and then form a hypothesis around the moves we want to make in response to those constraints. And hopefully that will enable us to grow into the next constraint. I love that. And I love the you're kind of, tackling the constraints head on and not viewing them as like the villain. It's like, no, this is just part of the game. And this is, it's like the rules of the game. It and is so, the game. Yeah. It is the game. Yeah. Oh, I love 100%. it. Jack, any final words of wisdom you would give us? Just general, general words of wisdom for our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Laura's podcast. Follow what Laura does. She is amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I was hoping for something a little more insightful than that, but, but that, <laughs> that is good. <laughs> where, can people, where can people get your book? Your book, and I just want to say one thing, and I know I say this every time I talk to you, but when I started my business, your, this like six-step framework that you teach in your book is literally how I got from Again, I don't know how I even got into your program. I don't think, I think I might've lied on my application. Anyway, I got into your thing and <laughs> this, your process has helped me so much in growing my business and like not just treating my business like a technician, which I know for many of my mm. listeners, you're wearing the technician employee hat, the yeah. creative hat. And I want to encourage you, like check out Jack's book because it's going to help you. It's going to give you a framework to grow beyond just trading your time for money, which is the ultimate goal. Yeah. So Jack, give us, yeah. give us the like little rundown of the book and I'll definitely pop the link in the show notes. Essentially the book is our definitive guide from, you know, collectively over 40 years of business experience uh, to how to accelerate growth, build a business that can work without you and to live a meaningful life as an entrepreneur. And so it, it's all about how do you go from being a chaotic and reactive startup where you're in the trenches and needing to do everything, wearing the hat of technician because you have to, to being a well-run, well-structured scale-up, which is a business that can grow sustainably without your operational involvement so that you can be involved because you want to be, not because you have to be, right? I want to be involved in my business. I don't want to be required in my business. And and, and that gap, that deficit is one that the unfortunately the vast majority of entrepreneurs never kind of jump over that canyon, right? And so this is the definitive guide to, to do that. How do you go from startup to scale up? How do you go from technician to entrepreneur? How do you go from business operator, run, 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 fast, 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 to business owner where you're overseeing, you're leading, you're guiding, you're shaping 
but you're able to do so much more because you've built an engine that operates and scales without your personal operational involvement or your personal exertion. And so that's what the book's about. To answer your question how to get it, if you just uh, Google um, Booktopia, which is our main retailer for the book right now, uh, Booktopia, Elevate, Jack Delosa, you'll be able to uh, find it, grab it. Then we're also doing a whole bunch of really cool stuff from a community perspective as well. So to get involved in that, uh, the best way to do that is probably just hit me up on just connect with me on Instagram, which is just Jack Delosa. Amazing. Well, definitely, team, if you're listening, definitely get it, get the book. It's going to help you. It's going to give you a playbook, and we're all about those playbooks. So definitely check out the link in my show <laughs> notes. We are all about those playbooks. Uh, yes, Jack. Yes, we are. <laughs> I love talking with you. We should do it again. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do, it well, again. we'll do it again next year, yeah, for sure. Perfect. <laughs> you might start receiving complaints soon. Jack like that, again? That Jack guy, he keeps on telling me I need to sort out my business. Yes, he does. And it's good. <laughs> hate it when he does that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Elaine. That was fun. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Chat to you soon. Well, I hope that you found, I don't know, I hope that you actually just felt like you were sitting in on a conversation in my lounge room. If you want to check out Jack's book, make sure you head on over to our show notes. We've popped the Booktopia link and also uh, the link to Jack's Instagram so you can check him out. He does, he like creates really awesome content. I encourage you to check out his stuff. As always, I love your work. Thank you for joining us. And hey, if you've listened to this and if you are like, heck yes, I want to scale my business and heck yes, I'm ready, then you probably would be a good fit. And if if you're a creative service provider, you probably would be a good fit for us in the Next Level Club. We love working with people who have big goals, people who have a big vision for their business. So if that sounds like you, if you want to level up and if you're a creative service provider and you want to work with me as your coach, then all you need to do is head on over to laurahiggins.com forward slash next dash level and you can apply to join me. We'd love to chat about whether or not we can help you to scale your business like Jack was talking about, to scale your business and to build a business that works beyond you. Awesome. I love your work. Hope to see you soon. Come see me on Instagram. Let me know what you loved about this episode. Let me know what you're taking away from this episode because I really want you to take action on what Jack was sharing today. Alrighty, my friend, I will see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, you know what to do. Go get them.